0: San Antonio district judge resigns after a federal corruption probe. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin. Why did you do it? I did it because I was foolish. Listen to How to Bribe a Judge on revolverpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. <laughs> John Annick and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them.
1: I can't get enough of them.
0: Let's hear that post
2: the
3: next.
4: Big job there from Duffy and Frank Mirror's hurt now. Frank
2: Mere does it again! Rock'em sockam robots here. Oh my goodness! I believe
1: There are a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here
0: are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Monday,
5: June 7th, folks, 2021. Good to have you with us. Episode 303 of the Anakin Florian podcast. Ken Flo still has the Bruins hat on two weeks later. I missed you last Monday, man. You know, we have very few dark weeks, but last Monday, Memorial Day, circumstantially was one of them. And uh, yes, you know, I think I need more Ken Flo in my life, not less, if anything. So good to
4: see you. <laughs> I know. I know, man. I, I missed you as well. Uh, I'm sorry. I missed the IG live as well uh but um here we are man excited for this uh big fight this weekend so where were you the district of columbia yes sir i was uh helping out mr ryan hall who's going to be on the huge conor mcgregor card uh he's getting ready for a very tough ilia tapudia um undefeated fighter as a lot of people know wow. and uh yeah it's gonna
5: be gonna be a good one man that, that whole card
4: is insane by the way
5: what a fight. i'll be there
4: i'll be there i'll be there live
5: no yeah. way. All right. Let's hope nothing gets in the way of that. Yes. Let's hope that fight stays together because that'll be the first time that I lay eyes on Kenflow in probably three years, honestly. Uh, seriously. Holds because randomly there have been times <laughs> where you've been cornering people and uh, and I haven't gotten the call. So, uh, yep. all right. Well, we have a lot to get to today as we begin with headlines. A little bit of a recap on UFC Fight Night Rosenstrike versus Sakai. We will also be joined by Dean Thomas, UFC analyst, coming up here in about uh, – 10 minutes always nice when we can have those KenFlow flow victims on the show by the way guys that can flow beat in the ufc and come on any goddamn time you want lozang guida open invitation so um but before we get to rosenstrike and Sakai, i'm doing it i'm doing it. i'm not we're not recapping floyd mayweather and logan paul not doing that okay. it was an exhibition right. it was an exhibition yes. right so We'll talk about Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul a little bit because that's actually a professional contest involving a former UFC champion. Um, But what happens Sunday night in Miami uh, is neither here nor there. Um, But obviously, since we were last on the air, Longo and I spent a lot of time on this last Friday. Tyron Woodley, who has five UFC championship belts at home, former UFC undisputed welterweight champion, is fighting Jake Paul. And it's a close fight according to the betting line, and it's part of the impetus for booking Dean Thomas today to to get some insight into the Woodley preparation. But, I mean, Kenny, this landscape right now is crazy with guys chasing the dollars. But for you, I mean, what is your initial reaction when Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul gets finalized about a week ago? You know, um, I'm not –
4: completely shocked uh you know i know that they obviously had some words at the ben askard fight which seemed like it was being set up um you know for a later date uh and tyron woodley and, and i guess paul happened to be in the same place the right place at the right time right um and you know I, I think that he is purposely trying to pick guys that he feels he can be competitive with um and uh you know maybe he's taken too big of a step here against tyron woodley uh and for tyron you know it, it seems like um you know he's going to make millions of dollars perhaps more money than he's ever made in his career so uh that's i'm excited for him i i hope that he performs well uh and i
5: hope he wins obviously if you were to try to take your skills to a boxing realm you know, 2007, 8, 9, 10, in that prime of your mixed martial arts career, and I know how good a boxer you were and how good your jab was and probably still fucking is, folks. But 10-ounce <laughs> gloves, this is a totally different ballgame, and say what you want about Jake Paul. Um, but one thing I can tell you is that he is working hard, and he's boxing exclusively, right, trying to chase a right. career as a professional boxer. So. If that was something that was presented to you as a fighter in your fighting prime, what are the biggest challenges for you trying to take your striking to boxing? Jeez, you know. Um, See, this is not part of the uh, think, pre-show meeting, folks. See, I'm just fucking yeah, exactly. hard today. Well, because I want to know, know. Good I mean, question. No, listen, I, I think
4: it, it is completely different, John. There's no question about it. I, I think for Tyron, um, you know, he – has had a history of sometimes you know getting tired during fights and boxing is a completely different type of conditioning uh, than a full mixed martial arts fight. Um, there are instances where you could perhaps rest in the clinch position or rest in that top position if you if you take someone down um, so that's gonna be a concern no matter what kind of athlete you are it is a different type of conditioning yeah um, and the way that you train really matters. You know, if you're doing bullshit pad work or bullshit bag work, yeah, um, that has no place in a real boxing fight. Right. You better right. be very well conditioned and prepared to go hard for uh, you know, every round. Is it three minute rounds? Is that what they're doing? Three minute. Yeah, I rounds? believe it's eight threes. Eight threes. If I'm not okay. mistaken. So, you know, I think that's, uh, that's nothing to sneeze at. And, and Tyron has to be prepared to make sure that he's doing the work and, and obviously making it uh, focused around boxing and boxing alone. You know, when, when you're in a mixed martial arts fight, you're doing a bunch of different things. Some things you're very efficient at and ready for. Uh, but boxing uh, and, and strictly boxing for a guy like Tyron who comes from a primarily
5: a wrestling background um, is a challenge. There's no doubt about it. So Jake Paul is going from being like a minus 150 betting favorite against Ben Askren to being like a plus 125 or so underdog right now against Tyron Woodley. And I will just say in closing on this that I give Jake Paul credit because we wondered aloud on this podcast whether or not the fight would materialize because of the needle, right? Would T Wood move the needle enough in terms of the promotion? And competitively, would that be the type of challenge that Jake Paul was willing to bite off? And I Cast some doubt as to whether or not I thought Jake Paul would be willing to do that. I think it's the perfect challenge at this point in time. And, again, there's an age component to this as well. You know, Tyron Woodley, I believe, is 40 years of age. Cody Merrow telling me it's 190 pounds, eight rounds, 10-ounce gloves. And, yes, of course, of course, Floyd Mayweather has offered to uh, – to have Tyron Woodley join the money team and help him train. But we'll see what happens. All I'm telling you is that that fight, August 28th, will get my pay-per-view money. Showtime boxing will get my pay-per-view money on August 28th. I didn't buy the pay-per-view last night with Floyd and, and Logan. If it was not an exhibition and there were actually judges involved, I probably would have right. bought the goddamn thing last night. But the exhibition was not for me. Right. All right. I promised Ken Flo I would keep this wholly on or <laughs> largely on real fights. We had UFC fight night, Rosenstrike versus Sakai and i don't have your exact tweet but uh i bring it up in the context of the co main event this power from jarzinho rosenstrike the undeniable one touch knockout power that seemingly walt harris does not possess right because walt harris uh is so good early and so skilled on the feet a tremendous kicker but he just doesn't have this Derek lewis jarzinho rosenstrike type of of power um what did you make of Rosenstrike beating Sakai in the main event? I guess I'll start there.
4: You know, I think, um, you know, for Sakai, uh, you know, it was clear that he did not want to try to engage with Strike. He was not just standing still, as as you should in a heavyweight bout. He was trying to move his feet. He was trying to move laterally. Um, and there wasn't a whole lot going on early. But then one, once Strike found his mark, uh, found his range, uh, it was over pretty quickly. He landed it right on the temple, which hurt him, knocked him down. Um, uh, but for me, it was those those follow-up strikes on the ground, man, that were absolutely brutal. That just put him out completely. You saw his legs go limp. That was the end of it. Uh, may have landed another, you know, two strikes after that. But uh, yeah, I mean, Rose's strikes got some serious power, man. You know what? In regards to Walt Harris, I I think that. He he does get off to a good start, um, and maybe he's not as precise or doesn't hit the right spots. I I think he could possess that power, but for whatever reason, Rosenstrike you know finds a way to get his body, his weight behind those shots, maybe better than Walter's. Yeah, right, and um, and man, once he once he found his mark, you know that killer instinct kicked in, and uh, it was a tremendous TKO over Sakai.
5: I've just seen a lot of these heavyweights rally against Walt Harris. Certainly Alistair Overeem was able to do so, and he was far more on the ropes than Marcin Tabora. Yes. But I just, in a broad generalizing way, I would say, I don't think Marcin Tabora is holding up under Rosenstrike's power. I just don't see it. Mm. Uh, and I would also say Rosenstrike very different deferential when it comes to the credit for this win to his American top team coaches. and And certainly he has had some some people have been in his corner forever, but that alignment with American Top Team and Conan Silvera, who is really a strategist at his core, um, all it takes is one in, in the heavyweight division, and Rosenstrike is all of a sudden back in the mix. Um, not all that far removed from that Francis and Ghana result, so we congratulate him uh, marching to over Walt Harris. Crazy to think, man, and I posted it on Twitter over the weekend. Only 7% of fighters in UFC history were able to amass a five-fight UFC winning streak and marching Tabor has won five straight fights at heavyweight. We talked about a, a physical transformation from him yeah. a few fights ago, just tightening up the core a little bit. And uh, he's doing a lot of big things here. All of a sudden
4: he's turned things around. Um, you know, n- not only does he look it, like he's in better shape, he looks like he's more technical, but he's taking uh, the smart path to victory. Um, you know, he, he knows where he needs to be positionally, for the most part, and uh, did a great job of switching things up, of putting Walt Harris on his back and doing what he needed to do there. Uh, but Marcin has just been fighting smarter and he's on a great win streak because. Of it.
5: As I said, only seven percent of fighters in UFC history won five fights or more. The question for the Anakin Florian podcast audiences is, can flow in that seven percent? And I'm just going to do a little pregnant pause here. I'm going to back up. <laughs> You're goddamn right he is. Of course he's in that 7%. He won six in a row from April of 2007 to November of 2008. And in terms of uh, minds thinking alike, our executive producer, Cody Merrow literally chasing it as I'm chasing the same thing. He's on good. My he's good. Before. Yeah, Ken is in that 7%, and don't you uh, forget it. Also, I thought, <laughs> nice to see Santiago Ponzinibbio bounce back. Unanimous decision over Caramel Thunder, Miguel, Miguel Baeza. Gregory Rodriguez, I Good thought, fight. looked terrific against uh, Dushko Todorovic. So, uh, all in all, a lot of heavyweight action, a lot of close fights, a lot of decisions. But uh, UFC fight night, Rosenstrike versus Sakai. Uh, is in the books. And we will have more on that, of course, coming up with Ray Longo. And if Dean Thomas has anything on that, of course, also seven predictions coming up later in the main event challenge on UFC 263. But uh, let's not keep a good man waiting. Let us get to Dean Thomas. Yeah. What up? What up? There he is. What's up, boys? The great Dean Thomas now joining us oh. live on the Anakin Florian podcast. What's good, man? What is on your head? You know, I'm a fake ass
3: cowboy. Huh. So, you know, every <laughs> once in a while, I. I gotta throw the little cowboy hat on What's It's, up, y'all on it's literally
4: It's literally a little cowboy hat Like it's, it, it looks way too small for your head
5: It is It's, it's one of those instances where uh, If it's you're a weird. long time Anakin Florian podcast listener You have no choice then but to turn the video on uh, yes. Well it's good to see you my man I don't know what that background noise is But uh, do we sound clear to you? Yeah you're clear You know I got some dude out there cutting the grass That's so okay like, yeah, is that okay? That's quite all right. So uh, I know there were a lot of people that were exceedingly happy for you when you got this gig as a UFC analyst, and not just doing the morning weigh-in shows, but as a bona fide analyst on the desk, you're our coach on the broadcast now, including the pay-per-views. Um, you know, file this under good things happening to good people, but it's so much beyond that in terms of your MMA mind. So I just wanted to start there and and publicly congratulate you on the new gig, my friend.
3: Well, thank you very much. And you're right. A lot of people were happy, but none more happy than me because I needed a job. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard out there in these streets, man. I needed somewhere to work. So I was like, man, I got a job now. I'm good. I'm straight. Thank you, (laughs) UFC.
5: So let me ask you this, though, and and I appreciate the reply, but you know how capable an MMA analyst you are, right? I mean, Ken Flo could say the same thing, but... Was there any part of you that was looking at other guys getting these television obligations and, and thought at one point, like, hey, man, like, just give me that audition? Because I've always said to you, all you need is one shot and you're going to go get that job.
3: Well, you know, it was a weird thing because, like, I always thought I could do it, but I never really wanted to. And um, so finally, when when the opportunity came and like, you know, these guys used to call me all the time, like back when they were with Fox, like guys would call me all the time for for information. And I would like supply information all the time. So then, finally, when the opportunity came, I was like, "All right, I'll give it a shot." But I didn't really care. And then when I went, I was like, "Man, this is easy." <laughs> I mean, and not that it's easy. It's just like it's it's easy for me because it's what I do anyway, right? So like, if I'm when I'm home, I don't watch fights to be entertained. I can't be entertained by watching fights. I'm constantly studying and analyzing and breaking them down. So to be able to do that and share that information with people. It was a lot of it was a blessing for me Dean, you're one of the rare guys who
4: has both competed in the UFC at a high level and has coached at a high level. Um, you know for me i I think that's really rare. Um, but what have you seen as far as the evolution since the point where you were fighting to, to to the way the guys are fighting now what what has changed the most you think in your opinion?
3: You know, just the transitions, you know what happens in transition? You know, back then, like even though it was always, you know, in our generation, Kenny, like we could do both, it was still some separate it was still a lot of separation. It mm-hmm. was still a lot of all right, you know, just jujitsu class, then striking class, and then when you fight, you try to put it together on your own. But right. I think nowadays the transitions of what's going on and-, and it's a lot more tricks. And I'll tell you what else too is it, Kenny, when we were fighting, like if you did karate, you couldn't get away with that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: You know what I'm saying? Like but now, like there's so like we they've we've been able to find the the value in almost anything, so there's value in like different martial arts that you wouldn't have accepted back then, so we were we were able to find that, and like you know it's just so it's really kind of a more open game, and just the transitions are so much different now and
4: faster. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, because you do work with a whole lot of fighters and information for me, information is king. Right. The, the, the people who have the right information win. um But it also goes both ways as far as what information you put out there. Right. About your fighters or about what's going on.
3: Has that been a challenge at all for you? No, not really, because I mean. And again, like you're right, information is key. Like the more you know about a fighter, the easier it is to really to figure yeah. them out. But at the same time, like you can also use that to your advantage. Right. You can also say, all right, so they know this about us, so this is what we're going to give them. But now we can actually use that against them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like, if you know, so like if you know that like you're fighting a good wrestler, you go, all right, well he thinks you're going to wrestle you, so now we're going to pop him. So yeah. Right. So like, there's a yeah. lot of, I mean, it's, it's tricky. I mean, it's really just a chess match. I mean, all of this is just a chess match and the ones who can compete and play chess under the lights better than the other fighter is going to win is not only just playing chess, but you got to be able to do it under the lights, under the pressure. Right.
5: So Dean used to share some of his scouting report videos with me privately to sort of help me with the broadcast a little bit. And, Dude, that hip hop underlay, man. I mean, it's the hardest hitting hip hop. Like my daughter Riley comes in and it's like, she thinks I cuss a lot. I mean, dude, but I love it the way you would do it and the way you would break it down, man. And uh, you're certainly a special MMA mind, sort of putting a bow on, uh, on that part of things. How does the television work? relate to your coaching? Anybody who follows you closely knows that you're more selective now. It's Jose Shorty Torres, Jillian Robertson. You're not an American top team anymore. You don't have this avalanche of athletes. Uh, How are you striking that balance right now?
3: Well, I mean, it's like, you know, the funny thing is, is that now that I'm not with American top team, I think I get to work with more people. And that's always what I wanted was to be able to share information and work with more people. So now I can go to different gyms. You know, I had Lauren Murphy come in and she's just a wonderful person to work with. Uh, Autumn Norton, I've worked with her. I mean, she's another wonderful person to work with. Um, So like now that I'm not with America and I was just at fusion uh, over the weekend and they have great fighters there. I go to Sanford every so often. And obviously, you know, their reputation speaks for itself. So now that I'm not with American top team, I can actually get more information and I'm learning more now than I was before, because when you're, Isolated to one ideology of training, it's hard to really grow. And then, so like that whole loyalty thing could actually kill you, because you're not evolving because you're only sticking with what your the information is being presented to you. As Kenny said, information is key. But when, nowadays I can travel, I can go to places. Everybody's like, "Yo, that's the dude from TV. Let him in." Right. So I can come in. Right. I can give. I can give them something. They give me something, and I'm good. No,
5: it's great. It's great to hear that. And it's great that you found happiness and, uh, and have this outlet. And, uh, I'm excited to see the coaching stuff as well. Excited to see what you can do with the athletes that you currently have. And, uh, a lot of things are moving in the right direction for Dean Thomas. I got a couple more things with you here. Uh, so Tyron Woodley is going to box Jake Paul. And I did an Instagram live with Ray Longo over the weekend. And one of the things that he was wondering aloud about was, How much boxing you guys have been doing over the years, you know, with 10 ounce gloves or otherwise, how many boxing rounds has Tyron Woodley accrued over the course of his UFC
3: championship career? So, you know, the funny thing about Tyron, is it like he's a wrestler and he's always fought kind of like, you know, backing up, backing up, backing up, blitz you with the right hand. And that was the way he fought. But honestly, the most thing we did in camp, the only thing he really ever liked to do was box. Yeah, that was it. So like he would go to, he has his own, he'd have his boxing coach and he would just box and box and box. But then when the fight came, you had all the other elements, kicking, wrestling and all that stuff. It changed his stance. It changed his, his outlook, his perspective of the fight. So you never really got, got a chance to see it, but all he really liked to do is box, which is, which makes this camp easy for him because this is what he wants to do anyway. This is what he loves to do. So um, I think we'll see a different Tyron Woodley. You know, we're going to see a guy who can actually put shoes on, wrap right. his hands the way he wants to, right? you know, put the bigger gloves on and just straight up box.
5: So to what extent will you be coaching or cornering or helping him in advance of August 28th?
3: You know, Tyron's a real G man. You know, this is, this is my boy, you know, like he called me yesterday and I was, cause I haven't talked to him, you know, like with all of the stuff going on, I didn't want to be the, another voice and be like yo 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 so I let him alone but he called me yesterday and was like yo man you know I got this obviously I got this opportunity everybody's reaching out to me Mayweather and them reaching out to me but I'm not leaving my dogs behind he said yo I need y'all there with me so like even if it's not like a coaching perspective he just wants me around just because like we've been through the whole grind together of course. He, he doesn't want to leave me and be like yo I got all these new people now so like that's my dog man like that's now, that's a loyalty that I can get down with. You course. know i saying? And it's not even on an information thing. It's just we've been through the through the struggles together. We've been in the trenches together. And now that he's getting his bag, right. he's taking me with him. So, like, right. I, I, I can appreciate that.
5: Well, and part of the reason why I wasn't afraid to ask the question is because I know how close you guys are. And even if he was going to proceed without you in some crazy world in which that might have happened, I know you guys would be classy and cool about it. So that's good to hear that you're going to be um along for the ride for lack of a better way to put it i know you're not along for the ride um but this i'd imagine might impact your ufc schedule a little bit because tyron tyron's gonna need you man i mean these are very important week like can i just say to you on behalf of the mma community like can you guys go get a
3: fucking w can we get that done please <laughs> yo man you know i know please. man trust me i know man i trust me i know how important huh. this is i really do and we talked about it yesterday you said "Then this win not only will it can it change your life, but like it'll erase everything that's happened that, you know, all the negativity from the UFC, it'll erase all that. So, like, it's so important. But it also, too, is that we can't underestimate these kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think everybody wants them to be bad and they're not as bad as we want them to be. Right. Because, you know, they're obviously athletic kids. They've probably fought a lot, each other, at least. And then in the streets and with their buddies. So, like, they're tough. And I mean, we saw last night, Logan, you know, he he hung in there for 24 minutes with, you know, the goat. I mean, granted he's older and was playing, but like he still did it, you know, not a lot of people can do that. Right. So, you know, well, I don't want to underestimate Jake Paul. So we're not going to underestimate him. We're going to take it serious and, and go at him.
5: So, uh, and I have no doubt that you'll be watching whatever film there is out there on Jake Paul and trying to access as much information as possible. But can I just close the Woodley Paul conversation by asking like, as we sit here June 7th, uh, is your biggest concern like a cardiovascular-based thing? Is it a technical thing, a size thing? What What are your concerns right now uh, as you guys lead up to
3: August 28th? You know, and this is one thing that was always a thing for Tyron. It wasn't the cardio. It's not the size. It's not the technique. It's just a matter of getting him to want to do it. And yeah. can't even tell you right now, like if you out there fighting and you don't really want to do it, you going know, it's hard. It's hard to get motivated to be inside of a area where somebody's trying to kill you if you don't really want to be there. You absolutely have to want it. And, you know, his last couple of fights, I don't think he really totally wanted to be there. But yeah. now he you know, he's going to want to be in there against Jake Paul. So if he wants to be there and he's happy, you know, that's my biggest concern is just making sure he's motivated to want to be there.
5: Well, he's got a good guy to help with that motivation, and Dean Thomas, who you can see on most UFC telecasts going forward. What do you got going on this weekend for UFC 263? You headed to the uh, to the desert, man. I'll be out there. with you. are you going? I'm be out there. I'm doing a. I'm be out there right alongside y'all, helping My y'all man. break the action down. I love it. All right, so you can catch Dean live on pay per view with us, and I would assume doing that morning weigh in show prior. You got that in your uh, yep. plans as well. All right. So, a heavy dose of Dean Thomas this weekend. I'll get you out of here on this. I know you can't give a prediction. You're going to be on the broadcast. Um, but in terms of these two championship rematches and these underdogs, Brandon Moreno and Marvin Vittori, is there one guy who you maybe give a better chance uh, to become the new champion?
3: Um, Marvin Vittori. You know, Mar- I think Marvin is. Uh, he- There's no reason to believe that he can't watch the Jan Blachowicz fight and pick some things up and go, okay, I can do that. Yeah. I can do that too. I can do that too. There's no reason to believe he can't see that and follow that blueprint and come up with a game plan of his own.
5: I like that. That's good analysis. My producer wants to know if there's a number for you and Ken Flo to do a rematch in a boxing setting. (laughs) Is there a number? Like, do you guys have a number? Is it seven figures? What's the number?
3: A hundred million. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
5: <laughs> we, we can do that we can even split it dean if you want all right. yeah 100 yeah.
2: let's hey. do it That's a-
5: <laughs> hey you're a good man for uh for hopping on with us dean thomas fucking legend i'll see you in a few days in glendale my man
3: all right man and make sure y'all come to my after party after the fight man
5: i know i'm not flying a red eye out of phoenix i'll come to your after party how about you you have an after party like every city we go to you had one in houston i mean what's up?
3: Man, I'm just trying to meet the fans, man. Like I feel so blessed to have the opportunity to be that I'm in it, and I just want to meet the fans. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't charge nothing. I ain't trying to charge nothing. I just want to meet the fans, so I'm making myself available to meet the fans.
5: All right. Well, you can see me and Dean Thomas at his after party Saturday night. In All right, Here's Joe man, Dino. Thank you, Yo, brother. Be cool, Dude. man.
3: Peace see out. See you, Later.
5: <laughs> There he is. Dean Thomas with us here on the Anakin Florian podcast. Great insight. And uh, Hey, if I can't have Ken flow next to me, might as well have Dean Thomas. (laughs) Hey folks, father's day is just around the corner. You may have heard. You probably need a gift for a hairy dad. Am I wrong? Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself. the Manscaped lawnmower 4.0. Yes. You heard that right. The lawnmower 4.0, and we can give you 20% off and free shipping right now at manscaped.com slash AF. So I got my 4.0. If you liked your 3.0, The design on this thing is totally to the next level. Sleek, optimized body hair trimmer complete with a cutting-edge ceramic blade reduces grooming accidents. And it all comes, of course, from the only company in the world wholly devoted to men's below-the-waist grooming. And you can tell when you pick this thing up. New features, multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. I use that feature when I'm on the road with the UFC. also gives you the ability to turn the 400K LED spotlight. might be 4,000K, actually. Either way, it's got an LED spotlight You can turn it on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Lawnmower 4.0 also allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes one through four. Wireless charging system is new as well. And if you don't like that, you can also get Pops the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Ken Flo swears by that thing. I say that with respect, Flo. But if you've ever seen that cabbage coming out of your dad's nose or ears, this might actually be the perfect gift for Father's Day. So we've got a special deal for you, regardless of what product you want. 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash AF. Get your dad a gift you know he will use. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com slash AF. Manscaped.com slash AF. Your dad will thank you. All right, let's get to the Ray Longo Minute.
0: It's now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I to punch a hole in this fucking truck. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. Starring Ray Longo. The John Annick and Kenny Florian podcast. I'm not
5: inclined to go there. Hey, Ray. What are we doing? How you doing, man? pretty good it's good to see you man did you uh did you get a haircut it looks like you got a haircut no i i think i had a
1: what we do the other thing friday yeah I had a friday yeah okay i, think I was just right. so dark nobody could see anything
5: yeah so center yourself up on that camera there yep wipe your nose perfect perfect
1: <laughs> dude the allergies are bro- dude they are brutal they're killing here. me they've been yeah, killing they are, me dude, dude i swear to god i'm i, I was choking this morning
5: man well, yeah, they're uh, bad out here. Yeah, <laughs> get fun. it all out of the way. This <laughs> is all live on the show, by the way. This is all live on the show. Did I not tell you that?
4: Ray clearing his throat.
5: Yeah. yeah, it is. It is
1: what it is. If people want to see me scratching my nose, they, they, they're they going to get a lot of it.
5: So Dad we did noises. an Instagram live. <laughs> yeah. Dad noises. You didn't make those noises when you to find right. So we did an Instagram live on Friday.
2: <laughs> you guys are off the rails. Yeah. Nice. Reel
5: us back in. So we did an Instagram live on Friday. And <laughs> coincidentally, that was the day we launched a new t-shirt at anacflorianpodcast.com. And I'm not doing this to drive you to the website, but uh, the merchandise yeah. is there if you want to fucking buy some. So we launched these t-shirts with Ray Longo's face on it that said, punch a hole in his bleeping chest. Little AF monogram to make sure it's not a swear. And Ray sold several dozen of these t-shirts in the Ooh, last 48 hours. Yes, about Yes, man. I, mean,
1: I didn't. I didn't. Well, I didn't get mine at the at the uh, gym yet. And and Ray,
4: do you know how much how much you make off of each of those shirts?
5: <laughs> yeah, zero. Exactly. You know
4: how much we make
1: okay. all of them. <laughs> <you>. Exactly. Woo!
5: <laughs> no, Dumb John. We actually, no. uh, we no, are I,
1: gonna- I I I did those shirts before too at the gym. Yeah, and they, well, were, they uh-huh. sold right out, and then I all never right. did them again because people were asking me. Can you say I do? I've never once repeated that line. I just can't do it. <laughs> I, I, it really actually wasn't. Once is joke. all they get. Yeah, it's yeah. Good. Once is all they get. Because then <clears throat> during the pandemic, Matt's like, do that. What's that thing where you do? Um... Cameo? Cameo, right. Yeah. Thank you, John. Uh, You're welcome. And mate. I was like, yeah, this is great. Tell her to call me. And then he says, the one I told, I think I went through this on the podcast. He goes, yeah, well, he, You'll probably they'll be calling you asking you to say punch a hole in his fucking chest. I'm like, all right, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I got the girl, poor girl called, I never called her back. And maybe I'll do it. I don't know. But I, I really don't want to go down that rabbit hole, man.
5: Right. Well, you just kind of set it there for our audience. And I would yes. think if there was ever a place for you to just utter that one line one time, for Cody to have a drop to drop it in the show. Yeah, Although the he could is, just pluck the, it from the uh UFC. The drop is there. perfect. But we, uh,
4: we now own that line as well, Ray. I
5: just to
4: know. <laughs> yeah, <you're> right? Right, right, right.
5: Right. We've trademarked,
3: it. We've trademarked it.
5: There's a lot of Ray Longo supporters out there. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you get some interesting requests on Cameo. You should see some of the things that I've been forced to say for money. But I don't I don't promote that because I have a little bit of a philosophical issue with charging fans for a recording, you know, but it is a great way to connect with fans, you know. Like yeah, 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 I did yeah, one nah, last nah, week,
0: nah, Kenny,
5: nah, This nah, kid, nah. like turns 21 years old, you know, and, and I'm doing, Oh, Casey's 21, you know? And it's like, the kid has the video forever. Right. So it's like, it's a little bit uncomfortable. And, uh, I try to, you know, strike up a personal (laughs) relationship, but I can understand why there's value. So, uh, all right. So, well, that's good. It was good to chop it up with you last week. We did a lot of Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley stuff. It was nice to see the UFC get back to work after a week off. Um, how much of that UFC fight night did you ingest on Saturday night? My friend.
1: I think I saw I think I saw most of the fights, except I missed the uh Aliyah uh
5: Latifi Tanner Bozer fight. Yeah, yeah. I missed that one as well. (laughs) All right. So let me ask you first about Walt the big ticket Harris, because everybody other than Team Tabora is essentially rooting for this guy, right? You probably have people in Poland rooting for Walt Harris because of his personal situation. Um, but once again, sort of fell victim to, to things that have plagued him in the past. Uh, you know, if Walt Harris was your athlete, um, what would you be telling him in terms of trying to uh, to get a win at this point?
1: Well, I tell, tell him what I've I've told other guys, if I see you hitting the pads one more time before you start wrestling. Yeah. You know that that's really basically it. You gotta you gotta go to where your weaknesses, and that's what you should be working, and that's all you should be working. Obviously, your striking is fantastic. You hit hard. uh He, he can put combinations together, but he's got a weakness on that other side. You know, it's it for him. It's cardio, and I I, I think wrestling and jujitsu. That's it. That's what he he should have been focused on the last five years. Right, nailed it. Yeah, you know. So I mean, and I, and I just went through this with a kid in the gym, who he's probably got one loss to a wrestler but he just never he now he has he's put the time in but you know everybody loves hitting those pads man but it it, that's one tenth of what you should be doing right right there's a million there's a lot of other things you got to cover a million bases so uh i think that's where everybody like they because you love it and it feels good they end up putting a lot of emphasis on that and it's really uh it could be a downfall
5: and it looks as though he is going to try to relocate to Vegas. I don't know if that'll be a full-time thing, but he has tried to get different looks and gone to big camps and left Alabama. Um, but it just is not working out for Walt Harris right now. And it's just, I love the guy so much and the family can yeah. flow, but it, it seems to me relative to his natural gifts that his UFC career has been of the underachieving variety. I mean, he has not lived up to the potential in my mind, you know, given these last few fights. How old is he? Yeah. How old is he? Mid-30s, probably 36. I'll look it up. Flo, go ahead. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, I was going to say, you know, besides
4: him being such a great guy and such a good dude, um, yeah, you could see that he really has so much talent. I think that's what's so frustrating. Um, it's not like he's not capable of doing it. And like Ray said, you know, you got to go out there and work on your weaknesses. It's like, you know, having a car with bad brakes and and losing the race and going, well, I'm just going to add more horsepower. If I could just add more more horsepower, I'll go faster. And, and you're ignoring the fact you need better brakes. So, yeah, I think for Walt, you know, whether it's going out there and bringing guys into his camp or going to a different camp and really just focusing on his grappling, uh, you know, Get the get the right wrestlers in camp, get the right, uh, you know, high level jujitsu guys that are going to help you, that are going to give you the best information. Um, and he, it, it takes time with the grappling, yeah. like anything. It takes time, yeah, but I he's going to have know. to really put in that work. And like Ray say, I don't think like Ray said, I don't think it's a bad idea to go out there and just focus on your grappling for like at least six months and literally just do that twice, two, three times a day, drilling, working on it getting the right bodies and sparring partners and and getting the right coaches uh, for his jiu-jitsu and and wrestling uh, to take his game to the next level. He's absolutely capable.
5: Yeah. I didn't know if you had anything to add, Ray, but I agree with all of those sentiments. He will be 38
0: on Thursday. So,
5: yeah, that's not looking good. And Marching Tabor on the other side, 35 years old. What a beast, too. Not a heavyweight you want anywhere near your back. And uh, he was able to pound Walt Harris out of there. And Ray, real quick, what'd you think about? Well, it, you don't have to be real quick. I mean, this is your show. Everybody knows they want us to change the goddamn name of the program. Um, <laughs> Jarzinho Rosenstrike and Augusto Sakai. It would seem to me that the sharp handicappers who send out plays, most of them were on the Sakai side. Um, but this one goes to uh, Biggie Boy out of Suriname. What'd you think of Jarzinho strike in the main event?
1: Yeah, I thought he, he looked good. Very patient. Obviously he's got, you know, good power in each hand and, uh, you know, he clipped him with a shot and that was it. Okay. Well, it was pretty, yeah. uh, pretty simple. I think
5: seems like there is some motivation to put him and Curtis blades together. I think that matchup makes some sense and certainly would be, uh, a stiff stylistic challenge there for biggie boy, but all right, we got bigger things to, uh, to discuss with you, Ray. So, Again, I'm not trying to uh to bring this program down into a morass of negativity, but I will just ask: did you watch Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul
2: last night?
1: <laughs> you know, I tell you, it was I, I did you watched watch it. it. I did you watched watch it. it. He fucking I, did. Watched it. You did. I did watch it. Of course I did watch it. It was Sunday night. What am I gonna do? I'm a junkie. That's like you are a, a junkie. Did you did you use that needle? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was laying right in front of me. Of course I did. That was a, <laughs> I was sitting
5: I, there on Saturday afternoon, chewing his nubs, chewing his nails, I'll tell you what, dude, waiting <laughs> for Claudio Puyes and Jordan Levitt. To,
1: Let's to just go to through idea. a couple of things. First off, it was definitely less painful than the last thing I saw with his brother. So they didn't have as much of the uh, bullshit. So I think that was, and right. I, and I just really was watching it right. for that fight, but um, yeah, I, th- I think it was less painful. Uh, with the uh with the commentating and all of that stuff i mean the weirdness is i mean brendan Schaub is talking to this guy before the fight and they're talking about it could be one of the biggest upsets in sports history i'm like it's a fucking exhibition the guy weighs a hundred i'm like this can't be happening is this the world we live in right now is this the world we live in seriously uh, it's an exhibition like that, this. Kid, this I, you, yes. Yes, it is five right. Five rounds in the sparring <laughs> match in the gym today. This will be the greatest upset in sports history. We just, live
4: in a world of hyperbole. It's just I, it, 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 nothing makes sense anymore. It's crazy.
1: And the other guys like, yeah, this is a dream come true. Yeah, it is a dream come true to be able to, you know, spar a, uh, a former great, you know, uh, one of the goats of all time. The problem is. You're a 200-pound man sparring a 135-pound right. guy. I mean, I don't even understand that part of it. Like, that part was crazy. On, on Conversely, I have a lot of – I'm really gaining respect for Floyd because he 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 looked like he articulated it perfectly. Like, look, I retired from fighting. I didn't retire from entertaining and making money. He goes, right. I had a ball. I had a fun, I had a fun time. I'm 44 years yeah. old. He puts it in perspective. I get to jump in there with a couple of young guys, see where the heck I'm at I, I thought he was spot on with what he said. Unfortunately, the other guy on the other side of the ring thought he was in the Super Bowl. That's where it gets crazy. I think Floyd had it perfect. Hey, I'm making money. This is what you want me to do i'm This is still entertainment. I'm cool with that, but the other guy took it as you could even hear his corner. If you last one more round, all you got to do is all you got to do is last a round and you win. That's what the guy told him, I believe. Yeah. All you gotta yeah. do is last the round. I I don't need to do. It. Did you see the size difference though? I thought it was actually funny. It was it was, I don't want to say comical, but it was uh it was different, man. Was Tree it worth $50? Yeah, I'll throw in fifty bucks for that.
5: flo has been smirking for two minutes. Ken, know, why no, 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 Kenny, smirking?
1: I know. No, no, it's it's not <laughs> it's not what happened. It's listening to everybody. I, I'm telling you, when Sharp had that guy on and they were, talk, I mean, I'm like, I want to hear what oh, Ken fucking said, right? I mean, this is this part of the entertainment? It, it might exactly. have been. It might have been. It's silly.
4: Like, again, for anyone who thinks that's like a real fight or that, you know, anybody, even if they have a 50-pound weight advantage, can go in there and just do okay against a boxer and call it a win is it, just, um, it is comical. Um, it, yeah. It's silly. Um, and, and that, that's my problem with it. It's like, okay, Floyd, you know, you're saying that, but then let's, why are you doing the weigh-ins? Why, why are you doing the whole stare down thing? If it's, if it isn't a fight, like you're making it look like a fight, but it isn't, you know, you're certainly not going to say it's, you're just doing it for the money prior to the fight. Cause well, you right. need to be able to sell people this thing. Um, and you know, everyone who is a, a follower of, of the Paul brothers, and there are millions of them. Um, are, are gonna count that as a win and they're gonna yeah, validate right. themselves as these badass dudes who have been doing these badass YouTube videos for years and you know it's um it's silly but this is the world we're living in it, it's not it's all it's all smoke and mirrors um it, it's all about advertising it's all about how you can make the most amount of money and um hey it's uh it's not my cup of tea but hey if, if that is then congratulations to those guys they're they're making a shitload of money
1: yeah, cool. making a shitload of money. And, and again, now we know if that's what because I'm saying the weighing in and all that. That's all part of the show to yes. me. They want, they want the pushing. They want the, you know, the shit talking. That's part of the entertainment process, I believe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't look. Right. I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know why anybody, you know, look, even sanctioning. So what do they do? I mean, the athletic commission's another problem. They're there to protect you, right? That's all we hear. They're here to level playing field. So there's no decision. The only way you can win is by knockout.
5: Right, right.
1: <laughs> I mean, so yeah. who are you protecting? Hey, like the only hey. way you can it's even worse. You can't even win by decision. So you have to go for the knockout. So who yeah. are you protecting? The guy's hey. 200 pounds, the other guy's 150. Oh, <laughs> let's call it an exhibition, and everybody'll think it's you can't get knocked I don't what what is going on? I don't even know. I, I swear to God, it was I found the I found it funny, but uh uh, yeah, so now we know if that's what he's going to say, then we know the next time is definitely pure entertainment. I thought he always had it as entertainment in his head, you know? In a couple I, of I, weeks,
2: I'm going to be
4: racing Hussein Bolt, guys. I don't know if yeah, you guys are interested in it. Them. I'll be, I'll be watch, calling sure. it
1: a win because I, I crossed the finish
2: line. So cool.
5: I mean, <laughs> yeah. Ray, oh, no, I agree was, with a lot, of, no, uh, that, yeah. a lot of what you're saying. I mean, hey, you're the guy who revolved his Sunday night around this exhibition. Ken Flo and I didn't even watch it.
1: <laughs> um, no, but- Let me tell you something. I had such a busy Sunday- I didn't even move off the couch. I couldn't even get yeah. away from that. If yeah. I swear to God, I was it was hot out, and I was I was done, man. I was done.
5: <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. I loved him as a boxer. I got the money team hat to prove it. Uh, one of my all time favorites. I remember spending money to take my family out to see him fight Sugar Shane Mosley because I wanted to make sure everybody got to see him once live in his prime. And uh, you know that fight went down not unlike a lot of his career started a a little bit slowly and then went on to dominate Shane Mosley for nine or 10 rounds. But, uh, Kenny, the only thing I would just say, like, it's a total exhibition and that's why I'm totally disinterested. Right. But Floyd must be convinced without a shadow of a doubt that whether, um, it's that exhibition in Asia or this one that he's not going to get knocked out because there is a chance in that setting that you do get knocked the fuck out and your legacy does change
4: he's a master boxer. Okay. Yeah, he he yeah. has developed his skills to such a high level where he knows he's not going to get, it. you know, when you see a guy like Canelo, okay. One of the best boxers in the last, you know, several years, just whiffing and not being able like landing a, a handful of punches throughout, you know, a full length bout. Uh, one of the best guys can't even touch him, even at 44 years old. I mean, Floyd is going to have that same type of confidence. Be like, you don't get to hit me. That, that's right. what makes him well, such right. a master right. of boxers. You do not get to touch me at any point, right. and I'll score just enough to win.
5: But I do He's think, amazing. like, Logan Paul has a better chance of knocking out Floyd Mayweather than, like, submitting Kenny Florian in a jiu-jitsu match, right? Like, there's no way he submits I don't know. To... But... I'm just saying, the puncher's chance <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, no, you know, he wouldn't like, submit yeah. me, but
1: yeah.
4: I, like,
5: the I agree, I, I agree like, with fuck. you,
1: John. And I'm going to tell you something. I was in Japan for the other fight, and he attacked that kid. He just yeah, beat the piss out of him yeah. I mean, that kid was smaller than him but i tell you this time he didn't take i will say this i don't want to make it like it was a real fight but he took no chances at all in this fight right he couldn't really get near the guy and he couldn't rough him up on the inside because of the size difference and uh he just look he did it was whatever it was i don't know to to call it anything or to discuss it from a you know like a real professional yeah. manner would be stupid right. but. I mean, there was uh, he's good enough to not get hit and ma- make it like a WWE type of thing. You know what I mean? Like where right. he could he could go in there and walk that guy around for sure. But he wasn't taking chances. He wasn't having an easy time getting in. He doesn't yeah. want to get yeah. hit. He he said it. You know, health is more important than yeah. anything. He's not stupid. And, uh, you know, like, again, I guess the people like myself that bought are stupid. But uh, <laughs> if you were entertained by it.
5: There you go. All right. You know? That's a bow on that. I am alarmed and yeah, amazed yeah, that's, that's, that's and disappointed that we spent that much time yeah, yeah, on yeah. that. And Ken Flo is going to be motherfucking me to his. No, no, no. That that's right. <laughs> nah. Am I the only one swearing today, incidentally? So, hey, real quick on the uh, on the foul, explicit language front. OK, this is going to be my final statement on this. OK, yeah. I've been trying to swear a little bit less, whether it's on social media or on the podcast, you can see I am failing miserably at this initiative. Right. But it's the way I talk. Like if Kenny and I are talking after the show or you and me, Ray, it's like the F word is every other word out of our mouth. Yeah. So if it's that's definitely a Boston guy, thing, I think I think there's yeah. some of that for sure. But yeah. that's the guy that I want to be when I'm talking with my friends on a podcast. So if I am trying to not cuss in this setting, then I'm not really being me and I'm not getting that respite from television work that I'm looking for in this medium. So if you don't like the swears and and your your children are listening, uh I'm sorry for that. I'm really fucking sorry. Yeah, listen,
1: Kenny, I'm I, <laughs> Kenny, you'll probably agree with me. I I don't even I like I don't even notice it. So it's not even it's well, uh, I know that's the thing.
4: Sure. It's very much a Boston, New York thing,
5: I feel like, yeah, it's, I know. It's, like I, I it's a swear- part of the language,
1: a part of the culture. Yeah, I don't I don't notice a thing. Well, some
5: MMA fans, though, have said recently that there's all this content for this sport, all this great content in mixed martial arts. And it's the only sport where there's nothing out there that's clean. If you think about it, if you have a son who's ingesting your everyday NBA podcast, there's a much better chance that that doesn't have explicit language than an MMA podcast. So we have all these young MMA fans and you have parents who are out there Trying to find content for them, and it's like, well, can't listen to the Anakin Forum podcast because Anik doesn't stop swearing. You know,
1: yeah, there's a there's there's a lot worse things going I on. know, of course, I, I swear in front of my you. children,
5: and I would I, say respectfully. I I, how about
1: this? I I think these little millennial pussies need a little cursing in their there life.
5: There you go, with you.
1: I, I think <laughs> they need it because I tell you what, they getting they're not toughening up any other way. Maybe this will help them.
5: And if we were on the radio, we'd say, you don't like the swearing? Just move on down the fucking dial. <laughs> Plenty of choices down there. All right. A couple things on UFC 263, and then we will get you out of here. When is your next UFC travel, by the way? You will not be there with uh, Matt, the steamroller for Vola in Glendale. Is that correct?
1: That That's correct. Yeah, I'll probably. I'm, I'm assuming it'll be uh, September. Okay. Hopefully so, with Barab. And then, uh, you know, uh, Aljo's back in town for a while. Uh, right we had he's looking at november i believe
5: hey how was the team dinner
1: Well, let me tell you that that marab i can't speak enough of that guy he was able to get 20 20 knuckleheads together and it took him about seven weeks because i'm like marab you have to pick a date you're never gonna I, I can't get three people together but uh what just i don't know if you if people put up clips or anything i don't know really want went out there but wow he was just he he hooked, you know, he, I guess he rented out a Georgian restaurant in Brighton Beach, Brooklyn, and we just wow. had a ball. We rallied around that guy. He's just so proud. And again, to me, he's the definition of the American dream. He came here yeah. with absolutely jack shit. Couldn't speak the language. He owns a house now in Massapequa, which isn't easy to do right. you know, at his age, no matter what path you take. And uh,
5: he actually built it. Uh he, himself, and he could know, the, Yeah, the you box. know, I'll never, I'll never worry about Marab. You know
1: why? Because he doesn't, he's not afraid to work, John. That's right. the difference. You know, he was doing construction yeah. while he was fighting. Now he finally gets to take off. But if something went south tomorrow, he just goes back to working. It's not a problem. Yeah. He's a hardworking guy. Uh, he's got a great work ethic. And, uh, I, like again, I said it like during a speech that night, he, he really has become the heart and soul of this team. I think everybody should look up to this kid. I don't want to hear any whining. I don't want to hear, I can't right. do this. I can't do that. Fuck it, man. Yeah. I mean, he is really the definition of just hard work pays off. And uh, just was a great time. It was. I hadn't seen Matt in a year. How weird wow. is that? That's what I'm saying. Like, you, right. you don't realize what this thing has done. It's, there's people you haven't seen for a year, over a year. So uh, it was good. I think, you know, Marab. I, I really think after it, he felt like he had to get the team back together. Cause I think the pandemic and the quarantine really has ripped us a little bit apart. Not, not like on the, on purpose, just the way everything happened. People had to scramble to get training places. And yeah, uh, I think he did a great job, man. I felt great. Uh, I felt great that night. It was uh, just a, a feel good type of night.
5: That's really cool to hear. Crazy to think that you and Matt had had that type of separation. I've had, more than my Matt Phil here during COVID-19, every other trip to Flight Island.
1: Well, I mean, I'm talking guy. to him every day. No, but of, course, gonna, I of might,
5: course. I didn't see him. So, uh, all right, a couple of things on UFC 263. I did see your guy, Frivola, uh, while he trains primarily in Tampa. He did make a pit stop there in Garden City during this training camp. I saw you No, guys no, he
1: did. His, I think he did his first couple of weeks, and he did his last three weeks here. No, okay. no, I, I spent some time with him. No, All right, he, so talk to me. I mean, good. give me no, some intel. No, no.
5: Frank Camacho on the other side, you got to think he's going to be a little bit uh, in risk mitigation mode at times, right? A little bit more conservative than we've seen in the past. What do you think about this frivola camacho matchup before we move on?
1: I'll tell you, first interesting thing, Judge, because I was talking to Matt the other day, was when they were originally supposed to fight, Matt was the underdog. And now, you know, the all this stuff who tested positive, who got what why the fight got canceled. Now he's a huge favorite. Right. So uh, I think that's a, that's pretty interesting. And of course, I guess Camacho got knocked out at least one time, or maybe, you know, maybe more. I, I, I didn't really look at it. But um, but Frivola look, Frivola is a really, really well-rounded kid, man. He could do everything really good. So I expect a, a huge fight out of Frivola. I don't think this fight will be a problem. He's a complete MMA fighter. And I think Camacho is more just on the boxing heavy side. uh, But um, in his fights anyway, he likes to throw. Uh, But I think Travolta is, uh, again, the more well-rounded guy. And I think he'll implement a really versatile game in this fight.
5: I'm excited to see it. All right. And then quickly on the the two title fights. We spent a lot of time talking Nate Diaz, Leon Edwards, by the way, on our Instagram live. You can access that video right now. This Nate Diaz price can flow. I mean, plus three fifty five. Leon Edwards minus five hundred, and we're going to get to it in the main event challenge. I know it speaks to how good Edwards is, and maybe it speaks to some of the scar tissue that Nate Diaz is dealing with. But Nate Diaz with a plus three fifty five next to his name just looks crazy to me. But title fights, Ray. I mean, do you, do you expect we might see a new champion either Brandon Moreno or Marvin Vittori, or you think it's going to be a chalky weekend with uh? with Israel Adesanya and, and Davison Figueredo holding serve and keeping the belts. What do you got?
1: Uh, man, I think we could see a, a weekend of upsets.
5: How about that?
1: I think so. I think Brandon Moreno, I think he test tasted that guy's power in the first fight. I mean, it was his first title fight. Uh, man, he, these are close though. I mean, I, I don't know. Figueroa's really good out of unbelievable, but, uh, I think they're going to be two worthy challenges. I could, I could see it going, uh, both fights going in the way of the challenge. I think, uh, wow. Moreno definitely had his spots in that fight. Uh, I think he could make some corrections that would help him. And, uh, uh, is a man. He's, I don't know. It, it, it's good. I, I'm not, I didn't break it down. Let me hear Kenny. I'll work off of him.
5: Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, Figueiredo, right. You got to start with the fact that he's like 20 and one. Um, yeah. Hey, so at this team dinner, we'll get you out of here on this. Yeah. Because I'm making Ken Flo save his bullets with all due respect. Oh, okay. Uh, so there are two sides, right and left. Who got to sit next to Ray Longo at the uh, Cerro <laughs> Longo team dinner? Who'd you sit next to? You don't remember. must have been Oh, no, 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 no.
1: To my right. Wait, hold on a second.
5: Oh, there's the team photo, Cody. To my right,
1: right was uh, definitely Iaquinta.
5: Nice. That's a good draw right there.
1: Yeah. Was so he was raging?
5: Was he drinking?
1: Cr- no, no, he was quiet. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I had prefer the Hulk. A oh, shout, out, Hulk. shout out to Paul Harris and the Hulk. He was on my left. I mean, if I forgot him, I would have felt,
5: felt like that. Was there? Did you say what that? that? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Paul yeah. Harris. Yes. Yeah.
1: The real, the original Hulk. Got it. The original Paul Harris. Yes. Yeah, the original uh Paul, uh, the original Slim Shady. Uh, <laughs> right, well, yeah. uh,
5: <laughs> excuse me. Well, great stuff. It's great to see you. Um yeah. enjoy UFC 263. And uh, I guess unless you have anything further, we'll break it down with you next Monday.
1: No, I got to figure this lighting thing out, man. I'm I'm, I'm, sorry, <laughs> yes. I'm looking at like a dark figure. You guys look awesome.
5: We can't it's, see the baby blues, right? What's going of, on? Plenty.
1: Yeah, plenty of light, and I'm over here. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing.
5: All right, well, that is your challenge for uh, next week. You look it up at your wife. She's not going to help you.
1: And yeah, no, I was <laughs> looking at the window over here. Maybe I'll move the uh, oh, so right. the lights facing me.
5: All right, well, that's your there challenge. We next week is a huge show for us. As we recap UFC two sixty three. So I'll be ready, need, man. Right, Let's we do need it.
1: To see man. You. That's we gotta got a Super Bowl, man. Maddie's gonna do it. I think uh he looked great at the end of this camp. So
5: it's gonna be hey, a great night. Hey, if I was getting married this weekend, you'd be a fucking groomsman. I love you. Have a great week. We'll, we'll talk to you in a week. <laughs> see you, we'll
1: get married soon while I'm still alive because yeah, I'll see that, what that I not, do.
5: That's not looking good. I have so. to get divorced first <laughs> and then we'll work on the second <laughs>
1: Oh, I thought you were marrying Kenny. Sorry, about uh, that. no, no. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, too
5: that, yeah. I'm too big a fan. I'm too, I'm too big a fan. It's like not a two way <laughs> relationship. It's like, Could you too get awesome.
1: through the ceremony if you were married, marrying Kenny, or will you be just stuttering all over yourself? What do you? I think? mean,
5: every Monday, we both be
1: crying, we, we be crying. Yeah. <laughs> every
5: Monday when I go into the Streamyard chat room and he's there, it's like I'm just happy he's still. Oh, look beer. at
1: him! I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys, take it easy. Right. See you <laughs> next
5: week, champ. You know, Ray Longo, as we welcome in our executive producer, Cody Merrow, he's kind of like a microcosm for mixed martial arts. It's like you really don't know what you're gonna get every time you give him a hot microphone. You don't know what you got till it's gone. And that's, yeah, that's what right. we get with Ray sometimes. That's why we had to give it to that's him right. last week. People are getting mad at me. They're like, oh, what are you the clickbaity headline, whatever? But hey, people are clicking on Ray. And there seems to be this groundswell of support for a show name change. They want, if they can't have it AFL, Anik Florian Longo, they want it to be the Anakin Florian podcast featuring Ray Longo. I mean, obviously the t-shirt sales speak to uh, just what a star he is, but we got to get to the pronunciation of the week because uh, UFC 263 beckons this weekend. So uh, in the nature of not burying the lead, Cody, you're two and five on the year. This man will fight Hakeem Dawadu in what is an outstanding featherweight prelim on ESPN. Only reason we're actually not predicting this fight is because the boys are already making seven picks today. I'm trying to be nice about it. PFL fight week two as well, Ken Flo. Am I wrong?
4: That's right. That's Jesus right. Featherweights and Lightweights Christmas. and uh, Clarissa Shields
5: making her MMA debut as well. Yeah, There you go. All right, Cody. This man is Russian. He's 4-0 in the UFC thus far. Of whom am I speaking, Cody? No shortage of MMA this weekend, but this fighter entering the octagon's name is Mozar Ivloyev. Mozar. Okay, I can assuredly well, tell you go. that first name is, <laughs> is not accurate. Let's hear Mozar. Oh. Mozar Ivloyev. All right, so here's what I want to do. If you could be so kind as to play it one more time, and then Ken Flo is going to give it a shot.
0: Mozar Ivloyev.
5: Mozar Ivlyoyev. That's tough. Ivlyoyev. All right. So neither of you heard that V in his Shh. first name, but we do go Mavsar. And Mozar. And I can tell you the UFC play-by-play announcers pronounce the last name differently. So I sort of say Evloev, right? Yeah. Evloev is sure. passable per Michael LaPlante and Zach Candido, our producers. But I actually go Evloev. Uh, but either way, you made it Dang. easy on us today, Cody, uh, as beautiful a man as you are. You're two and six as far as I'm concerned. That's yeah. tough. That was a tough one. I screwed like,
4: that up at my Caucasianness helps my beauty and not my pronunciation. So that's why I can't roll my <laughs> S's and R's like I'm way too white for that. I'm sorry.
5: You're actually pretty good at this, though. You're way too good at this to be two and fucking six. I know. That's the same thing with my NFL handicapping. I you mean, I just can catch a break on the show. You can notice You notice how he has his veracity media group logo, right? In that I put a logo third. for everybody. Exactly. What, what do you mean? Not, boss, this is just self-promotion. Yeah. No, I know. Jeez. We appreciate every last bell and whistle out of you. And uh, I'm just trying to get the bees a win, John. That's all. I'm sacrificing <laughs> the tonight. pronunciation of the That's week. Right. Tonight. It's got to have the bees a win. Well, what you guys know and our listeners may or may not know is that at this point in time with the Red Sox sweeping the Yankees this weekend and the Islanders and Bruins being 2-2, uh, I've lost a lot of money betting, betting against the Boston teams over the last few <laughs> days. I lost about 1000 bucks this weekend betting on the Yankees, so we'll be, uh, we'll be chasing New York on Tuesday night. All it means to an end, though, right? Just wanted to purchase that Red Sox oh. sweep in the Bronx, and uh, we got it done. All right, Cody Merrill, our executive producer, thank you for uh, the time as always. All right, time for some predictions. And from flyweight to middleweight, there will be no shortage of action during this weekend's UFC 263 live event. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a heavyweight offer for this weekend's fights with 100 to one odds. One headlining fighter will walk away with the belt, but will you be walking away with the cash? All you need to do, pick the main event fighter you think will win, Adesanya or Vittori, And DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds on that fighter. That's right. Bet $1 on select fighters. If they win, you win $100 in site credits. No better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. And if by chance, mixed martial arts is not your cup of tea, not to worry. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so very much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. And here's all you need to do to get involved. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ANIC when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in site credits when you bet on a main event fighter to win. Place your bet. Watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code ANIK to turn $1 into $100 in site credits by hitting on the main event fighter to win for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Winnings paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or in Indiana. 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, UFC 263, Adesanya versus Vittori 2, Saturday, June 12th, live on paper. Let's get to the main event show. It's the main
0: event challenge. Anik.
5: The time is most
0: definitely now. Florian. I finished fights. I'm going to do everything possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast.
5: Well, I love everything about this program, but I think my favorite thing about this show is predictions during a pay-per-view week. Not because I just get to lay back in the cut and have you guys do all the heavy lifting, but this is really what I enjoy the most, is seeing two credentialed handicappers like yourselves pick the biggest fights that we put forth. With that, we welcome in the duck. He is Ian Parker on social media at Ian Parker MMA. Been a long time since you guys went head-to-head, but Ian, the last week that you guys did so, maybe three weeks ago, you beat Ken Flo 4-0. So the team oh. Anik lead is 66-49. to 49. Oh, oh. Ian, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good lead for June seventh, my man. Yeah, um, Kenny, I, I, you, you okay? Son of a
4: bitch! <laughs> the son <laughs> of a bitch has been on fire.
6: Yeah, it's it's been that's um it's been a nice it's been a nice little it's been a nice little run. But you know what? Look, this is a good opportunity. This has got a lot of uh, potential upsets on this card. So I wouldn't be surprised if you uh went on the underdog situation. Cool, I'm gonna right? try. kenny yeah,
5: What you gotta do. Of course, recently welcoming a baby boy try. into the world and making predictions from the delivery room. But hey, man, I mean, this is not the place you go for sympathy. OK. Uh, <laughs> and again, for our great listeners and viewers, if you do have a suggestion for what the punishment, uh, presumably for Ken Flo uh, at the end of the year for losing the main event challenge to me and Ian and all of our great cappers uh, at Anna Florian pod, let us know what he should do. We need a good punishment because yeah. it would make the week to week a lot more fun. All right. First pick for us, Ian, we'll start with you. Women's flyway fight. Eliminator here could produce the next title challenger for Valentina Shevchenko. You got Joanne Calderwood, minus 134. Lauren Murphy, plus 106 per DraftKings Sportsbook IP. Who do you have? You know,
6: I've been going back and forth on this one a little bit, and you know, based on the style and the hesitancy of Joanne Calderwood, I'm going to go with Lauren Murphy here. I kind of like what I've seen lately out of her with her striking. I also like what I see when she gets into someone's guard on top. She's not just sitting there and she's trying to finish people And this resurgence in her career. I think there's some value here in the underdog. And it's funny. I just joke about Kenny taking underdogs and right off the rip, I take one. So I'm going to roll the dice on Lauren Murphy in this one. I just think that Unless Calderwood strikes her early and gets Murphy on her back foot, I just think the aggression of Lauren lately is what's going to get it done. So I, I like Lauren Murphy in this one.
5: And if you don't know, our scoring system rewards underdog selections. And I think you hit on a lot of truths about Lauren Murphy. She's that hardest worker in the room type as well. She's won four in a row. The naysayers, Kenny, on the Murphy side point to the lack of the big name wins, right? Andrea Lee was on there. It was a split. She was supposed to fight Cynthia Calvillo last October at UFC 254. Fights the newcomer Lilia Shakira So Not a signature win per se. And then on the other side, Calderwood does have a signature win. Two of her last three look great against Jessica I on Fight Island. Calderwood Murphy, Ken Flo, who do you have? Ken, Ken Flo's on mute. He loves women's MMA. He just I'm sorry. Listen. I'm sorry. What do you got? Hey, uh, so this is
4: one of those ones where I, I thought I'd be able to steal one from Ian. Uh, but uh, he, he's sharp. and He knows what he's doing. Uh, And went with Lauren Murphy. I'm going to go with Lauren Murphy as well, because I feel like the kind of fights and Ian alluded to this, the kind of fights that give Jojo trouble, too, are those kind of grimy, nasty fights. And I think that's what Lauren Murphy does really well. Um, If the person is more technical and I do think Calderwood is going to be the more technical fighter, but as we know, the more technical fighter doesn't always win. And I think Lauren Murphy has a way of making it a very physical and nasty fight. And I think that's when she's at her best. I like Lauren Murphy here as well.
5: Damn it, Ian. All right. Both guys like Lauren Murphy, as I mentioned, plus one Oh six on DraftKings right now, we will see if that number changes and we'll see who closes as the betting favorite. All right, next up, boys, at lightweight, Drew Dober, minus 130, Brad Quake Riddell, plus 105. Got a feel for Riddell. If you don't know the history, I think his career, at least recently, has been as impacted by COVID-19 and quarantine restrictions as anyone. Spent a ton of time away from his family uh, with all the quarantine. Thing. He was supposed to fight Gregor Gillespie, Ian. as you know, in March, the fight goes away due to COVID-19 on the day and then was not turned around. Um, but he is 3-0 in the UFC. He can take Drew Dober's uh, number 13 ranking if he wins this weekend. What do you think about Riddell and Dober under the lights in Arizona?
6: Uh, I'm absolutely shocked at these odds. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I think Dober should be at least minus 185 here. I don't care how bad he lost in that last fight to Islam. That doesn't speak on his overall resume and the type of fighter he is. Islam... Everyone's talking about this guy being the next Khabib, right? So we can't just base it off being out-wrestled and submitted by him. I think Dober is the better athlete here. I think he's the better striker here. I think he's fought higher-level competition. I actually think this is a nightmare matchup for Riddell, especially after all the circumstances he's been through. You know, if this was like a minus 300 on uh, Dober, I would say pump the brakes a little bit. But at minus 130, so hard to not take him here. I, I love his evolution of his striking, not just being a wrestler. Give me Dober.
5: Ken Flo, Dober no longer in the title picture because of that one-sided drubbing at the hands of Islam Makhachev, But again, that is where a lot of lightweight winning streaks are going to go to die. And of course, prior to that, it was the three-fight knockout streak for Dober. I'm certainly higher on the Riddell total package than I think Ian is, but I do believe Dober deserves the distinction as the favorite. How do you cap this one?
4: Yeah, listen, I think Riddell has uh, faced um, some good competition for his first three fights in the UFC, but have been favorable matchups for him. I think a a guy like a Drew Dober, as Ian mentioned, is a tough stylistic matchup for him. Styles make fights in this. We hear it all the time. It is very true. Um, While I do think Brad Riddell can win this if he's able to keep it on the feet uh, for the majority of this fight, I think Drew Dober is still kind of dangerous there as well. It's not like Drew can't strike. Um, and he is going to be the superior wrestler here. And at the very least, he'll be able to get it to the clinch and slow things down and um, can definitely bring it to the floor uh, if Riddell is getting the better of him consistently on the feet. So I like Drew Dober here as well. Uh, I think he has more pass to victory here. I think he's got a lot of experience. Uh, I don't think Riddell has faced someone quite like a Drew Dober yet in his
5: UFC career. So for that reason, uh, I'm going with Dober as well. All right, we are aligned on the prelims. Now we get to the pay-per-view opener to be contested at 205 pounds. Jamal Hill, minus 305. Paul Bear Jew Craig, plus 235. Ian Parker loves the Bear Jew. Loves the nickname as much as I do. You can be sure I'm going to say that as many times as humanly possible on the broadcast. IP, Hill, Craig, who do you have?
6: I do love that nickname. I never pick him. I'm not going to pick him. I think Jamal Hill is... Look, I think... Um, I think Paul Craig is excellent off his back. He's good on the ground. And I think against someone like Shogun, you know, the age played a factor, his aggression played a factor, and so did his cardio. However, I think Hill's the real deal. I think he is a solid prospect. I actually thought he was going to fight someone higher ranked than Paul Craig, especially after his last win over OSP. And I just think the sky's the limit for this kid. You know, uh, I think Craig is going to get slept. I hope not because I would love to have that nickname just keep on a on a winning streak. It's fantastic. Right. And if you if you could rock that nickname, um, you're a badass, but he's he, he's not winning this fight. I like Jamal Hill here.
5: And the nickname's a gym secret. So as much as we have tried to pry something on Bear Jew, uh, <laughs> haven't been able to get anything. So Jamal Hill coming off that stoppage of Owen St. Prue last December, he is an undefeated fighter. Craig was undefeated when he debuted in the UFC as well. That was 2016. Kenny, Paul, Craig, 11 UFC fights now worth of experience. Unbeaten streak is now four for him. Hasn't lost in two years. you given Craig any shot against Jamal Hill.
4: I think you meant Craig. Craig.
5: Craig. Yeah. As
4: I say Can in I Scotland. just say
5: on that, Ken Flo, by What's the it? way, we had a What's conversation it? because Paul was Craig for a while on the UFC television. Okay, and yeah. of course, the Scottish people did not like Craig, right? Like, right. Craig. Craig. So yeah. they're looking for Craig. And yeah, my exactly. boss was like, You ain't going fucking Craig. <laughs> so find a middle ground which is Craig. Yes. And I digress. It's pronounced.
4: Got it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Um, yeah, listen, I, I think that um uh, Craig has gotten much better. Um, I, I think he has improved his striking. Uh he's a tough dude. Uh, you know, especially if he's able to get on in that top position with his takedowns. I just don't see him doing this here against Jamal. Uh, I, I think uh, Jamal is going to be the better striker. The way that he moves, I, I think he, he's created a style that's very unique and that's very much his own. Um, yeah. And that's when I think you're doing martial arts at the highest level. And and I think that he does have a lot of potential. And I think this is another great fight for him to build up his resume, to get more experience and to get a, a win here over a tough Craig. Um, I just don't see Craig getting it done here. I think Jamal is a little bit too, too fast, too slick. Uh, and I see him getting the win potentially by finish.
5: It's interesting when you talk about having your own striking style, because when I asked Israel Adesanya, what most impressed him about Jan Blachowicz going into their fight, he paused for about 30 seconds. And then he said probably that he has an awkward striking style that he has made to be his own and made to work. So I think that Absolutely. Was, uh, very interesting. So, uh, all right. So Jamal Hill and Paul Craig, there uh on pay-per-view. Uh at welterweight boys, Bilal Muhammad minus 265 trying to come through for this channel against KenFlo's guy Damian Baya, plus 200. KenFlo's got to be a little bit convicted. Gives Bilal a show on his channel. Damian Maya's his buddy. Let me set this up a little bit and then I will lay out for you guys. So Bilal's won 4 in a row or had going into the Leon Edwards no contest. So it's an unbeaten streak that is pretty long for Bilal. He has always chased this Damian Maya challenge. And I would say, be careful what you wish for. But now the timing has worked out. He draws Maya, who is 43. Damian hasn't fought since that final pre-COVID-19 show in Brasilia. That was March 14th, 2020, a loss to Gilbert Durino Burns. Prior to that, of course, Ian Parker and I were sitting in the car watching this together as he submitted Ben Askren October of 2019. Ian, 33rd appearance for Damian Maya. He's headlined six times in the UFC. And age may just be a number, but he is a pretty big underdog here against Bilal. How do you handicap this one?
6: He's going to knock Bilal out into the no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love I love Bilal as a person, as a human, as everything. Uh look, this is you said it best, and I, I think Kenny's gonna agree. Bilal is getting Damien at the the best time he possibly can. Look, Bilal, as long as he doesn't get put on his back, which his wrestling is very solid, his takedown defense. The cardio, the pace, those leg kicks we saw in that last uh, before Leon Edwards, you know, and I think Bilal is going to be the way better striker. I, I think Damien is, I'm very shocked this is a fight he would take at the end of his career. I would think he would want more of a legends fight. Uh, to me, this is kind of the put over Bilal. And I, I think Bilal will get the win here. I don't think he's going to finish him. You know, I think he'll grind it out. I think he'll out strike him for sure. But this will be a good win for Bilal to get on his resume to bounce back from that Leon Edwards situation. So I got Bilal here.
5: I'd imagine the preparation needs to start by making sure Maya doesn't get you down and doesn't get in on that lead. Yeah. Pen Like I, dude, I mean, I am very excited to see how this plays out. You know, I do think that Bilal overall for his skills, because maybe you don't see him as being super elite in any one area. I think he doesn't get credit for the overall body of work. I'm not sure if he's going to be the stronger guy on the ground. I'm not sure if he's just going to be able to pop right back up. If Maya gets him down. Um, some people think that he should be a much bigger favorite because Maya's 43 and hasn't done much of late dying to know how you feel about this one. Yeah.
4: You know, um, I think in a lot of ways for a guy at 43, that layoff could be, um, a good thing to give him that rest in between fights. I'm not sure you can do camp to camp to camp, uh, like you used to when you're in your mid twenties, early thirties. So uh, I think that's almost a good thing, but yeah, we, we don't know a whole lot about what Damian Maya has been doing. I'd assume he'd been, he's had been he been training. He seems like he's a true martial artist. Um, this is an interesting fight. I think Damian Maya has the capability uh, to submit anybody, especially if he gets on top of you. Um, Bilal, uh, it, it's very important that Bilal – get off to a good start here in this fight. I think the first seven to eight minutes are critical here against someone like Maya. After that, I think it's pretty much smooth sailing for Bilal and that's no disrespect to Maya, but I think that uh, Bilal is going to be the better striker here. Um, And I think Bilal likes this matchup because I don't think he thinks Maya is going to be able to take him down. I I think that's where this fight uh, begins and ends is with this takedown with that clinch position. And, If uh, Bilal is able to stop those takedowns from Maya, especially up against the cage, especially with those body lock style takedowns, uh, Maya is just so clean from there. And again, he just has this ability to just shut you down completely. He gets on your back and he can submit you. However, um, you know, as difficult as this is for me to pick against Maya, I I do think that uh, Bilal is in a good position here to get the win. I think his movement his ability to counter wrestle, his ability to stay on the feet and outpoint Maya is what's going to get it done here. I don't see him finishing Maya, but uh, I do think Bilal uh, most likely will get a decision win here. But again, first seven, eight minutes are critical.
5: Yeah, no, I think you put it well. 30 foot octagon, by the way, in Arizona. Not that little comfy 25 footer coming up yeah. on that fence pretty quickly for Maya. All right. Ken Full we'll will have you lead here. Featured bout in the welterweight division scheduled for five rounds. Leon Edwards minus 500, Nate Diaz plus 355. We will need the round and the method of victory as this is a five-rounder. And you know what? We're going to change the rules here on the main event challenge. Here to four. Anytime either Diaz brother competes, we need round. We need method of victory. These guys are the stars. They deserve that distinction. All right, plus 355, juicy to some Ken Flo. What do you think about Leon Edwards? And what do you think about Nate Diaz's chances?
4: This is a fascinating fight. Um, I think that uh Nate Diaz is the kind of guy that um, you know will put an insane amount of pressure on you, and you need to be an excellent counter striker to have tremendous footwork as well in order to defeat a Diaz. I do think that Leon Edwards uh, possesses that, uh, and I also think he showed uh, some excellent discipline uh, as of late. Uh, or you look over the course of his last few fights, he stays very disciplined. He doesn't, you know, feel the pressure to go out there and just. For some knockout, I think he's learned a lot from his mistakes over the years, Um, and I think he's got the counter-wrestling ability to to keep it on the feet against someone like Nate Diaz. I think Nate Diaz definitely has an advantage on the ground, Uh, but that's an area that Leon has been working on a lot, especially in regards to the wrestling. So I don't see Nate being able to take him down uh, at least not being able to control the takedown after it. I think Leon will be okay there. But I think Leon's footwork, his striking, his counter-striking ability is going to be the difference here. I'm not sure he'll get the finish, but I do see him getting the win uh, against Nate Diaz in what should be a, a very entertaining fight.
5: All right, Kempel likes Leon Edwards, and we are going to make you give us a round and a method of victory. So uh, you can chew on that while Ian injects his opinion here. So Diaz's oh, by last, decision. By decision. Right, decision yeah. There you go. yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so Diaz's last fight, unless I'm mistaken, Ian, the MF belt, November of 2019. That came shortly after the win over Anthony Showtime Pettis, preceded, of course, by a three-year layoff dating to the McGregor rematch. Still only 36 years old. Again, I don't worry too much about Nathan Diaz in terms of the age. Edwards on the other side is 29, of course, without a loss since that decision set back to Kamaru Usman in 2015. Huge spot for Edwards. I have said publicly he might need style points as well to get a title shot. What do you think about the feature about Ian and ultimately who wins?
6: My biggest issue with Nate Diaz is welterweight version of Nate Diaz. He just went when he fights someone who's a true welterweight. I mean, if you go back to the Rory McDonald fight, he was ragdolled. I mean, and he seems to be physically like strength wise, always outmatched. At, I mean, even with Masvidal and Masvidal is not known for his physical strength at 170 either. You know, we're talking about a guy in Nate. The layoffs don't seem to matter. You saw when he fought Pettis, you know, the cardio's there. His striking doesn't go away. I just think Leon, what we saw against Bilal outside of the eye poke, the speed was there. The striking looked fantastic. You know, yeah. uh, the personality side of it, not taking accountability. That I'm going to throw out the window, although it was kind of a dick move on his end because there should have been a level of respect that was a legit eye poke. But talk about him versus Nate. The striking's going be a big difference. You know, I just think that the, I don't think Nate's going to be able to get him down. Unless he gets a sweep off the cage, it's just so clever and tricky. I just think that, that Leon's going to be way too strong for him and physically gifted at this weight. If it was 55, I'd be saying a lot of different things. I just What I've seen from Nate in the past at this weight class against a true 170 guy, he gets tossed around. I don't think it's going to be any different. I think Leon does win. To Kenny's point, finishing Nate Diaz is not an easy task. If it's going to happen, I think it happens in like the fourth round, the way it was with Masvidal, and I'm going to go that way. I'm going to say Leon Edwards, TKO, round four.
5: All right, Ian Parker on the record likes Edwards to get a finish late. <laughs> Two title fights are all that is left to predict here at UFC 263. We'll have IP lead the Flyweight Championship rematch and then Ken Flo on the main event. Davison Figueiredo 250. Brandon Moreno, plus 195. So the first meeting was UFC 256 last December, and there were some wild circumstances surrounding that fight. Both men had won three weeks prior, so both got right back into it, stayed in Las Vegas, and still were somehow able to go on and co-produce one of the greatest title fights in UFC history. Now they have had time to get recharged and ready. It's been about six months or so, Ian. How do you see this rematch playing out, and, and ultimately who leaves the desert as the
6: undisputed UFC men's flyweight champion? There's two sides of the coin here. Is, uh Does the champ, is he no longer surprised by what Moreno can bring, right? Is, is he going to take this more seriously? And with Moreno, is he not as afraid because he handled all the power? You know, there was such, so many ups and downs in this fight. I think the value here is with the challenger and Brandon Moreno. You know, I really do. I think at plus 195, it's hard to not take a guy as scrappy, as tough, who didn't get finished, who took all the power shots from the champ. Even though Davison is like, literally a Marvel villain, and he plays the part well. He's an excellent fighter to watch. It's hard to lay those type of odds on him. So I'm going to take a shot on Brandon Moreno here, the baby face assassin. I love his style. I love the no-quit attitude. And again, I think he's seen what Davidson can do, and now he can really train for it without having to worry about the power as much. I think that happens a lot. Guys go into this being afraid to get hit with that overhand right, the, the pressure. He made it through. He lived through it, and he gave him some shots. So I'm going to go Moreno by decision here.
5: All right, Ian Parker thinks we're getting a new champion this weekend. Kenny Florian, the floor is yours. Jeez, you know, um,
4: what a fight that first one was. I think that both men have some adjustments that they can make that can uh, make them the victor in this fight, in this rematch. Um, I do think a lot of people are forgetting the circumstances in which Davison and Figueredo fought. Um, he was not feeling well at all. There was actually talk about maybe canceling the fight. Right. So I don't think we saw a Davison Figueredo that was even close to 100%. He was probably closer to maybe 40 or 50%. Now, that, it's easy to say that and 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 make those excuses because Moreno fought one hell of a fight. But uh, we saw a Davison Figueredo that was kind of getting gassed, that seemed uh, maybe a, a bit overly emotional uh, out there and uh, put himself out of position because of it. Um, I think that uh, if Moreno's able to get the fight into these grappling exchanges, that's when he can really thrive and and, and win the fight positionally and, and outpoint him and maybe even get a submission. However, I do think that Davis it's Davison and Figueredo's fight to lose. I think that this is a guy who possesses way more power. He's got more firepower and and, and more weapons overall than Brandon Moreno. Uh, Moreno is more consistent with with how he approaches his weapons and, and and the the kind of weapons that he chooses. I think his shot selection is very good. Uh, I think his grappling is very good. Uh, however, I think uh, Davison Figueredo is going to make those right adjustments, and I see him uh, getting a win. Uh, let's go with a fourth-round
5: TKO. Fourth-round TKO for Davison Figueiredo is the pick for Ken Flo. All right, main event, Florian leads here. It is also a rematch. Odds are pretty similar here per DraftKings Sportsbook. Israel Adesanya minus 250. Marvin Vittori plus 200. So the first fight, Kenny, was April of 2018. I thought it was clear for Adesanya. I know one of the judges had it for Marvin Vittori. God love you, Chris Lee. Vittori's won five straight since. Uh, that includes back-to-back five-round main event victories over Jack Hermanson and Kevin Holland. Of course, Adesanya, Kenny, still undefeated at 185 pounds in mixed martial arts, but is coming off that Wachowicz loss earlier this year. Got a lot of nice things to say about both of these athletes that I'm going to say for the broadcast. Ken Flo, Adesanya, Vittori, how does Act Two play out and who leaves the middleweight champ?
4: Well, I think the path to victory is pretty easy for Martin Vittori. I think he needs to go out there. Um, you know, stay on the outside without taking shots, be all the way out or all the way in getting to the clinch, uh, and, and just rinse, wash, repeat, take them down, get on top, uh, you know, see if a submission presents itself, but more than anything else, just be positionally sound, get the ground and pound going and steal those rounds one by one. Um, now, can he do that? I don't see that happening. Uh, is the guy that beat, uh, is the guy that won his last fight, um, you know, Is that going to be the guy that defeats Israel Adesanya? I don't see that happening. Um, I I think that you know the Kevin Holland fight. I, I know that Kevin can can throw guys off and can kind of make things awkward a little bit. But that performance didn't do anything for me, to be honest. Um, I I don't think that Marvin Vittori is the most technical fighter. I also think he's a highly uh, emotional guy. Uh, And I don't think that bodes well for uh, facing a guy like Israel Adesanya, who, when he's at his best, is an absolute assassin. Um, I think that Israel Adesanya, coming off a loss against Bojovic is going to be fired up and looking for something to prove. Um, And Israel, when he fought Marvin Vittori, was. A completely different oh. fighter back then. Where if you look at Marvin Vittori, can you say that he's a completely different fighter than he was back then? I don't think so. Maybe, maybe uh, a little bit more mature, but technically, is he different? No. Israel Adesanya is. I see uh, Israel Adesanya getting a win. Uh, let's go with third round TKO.
6: Israel Adesanya. Woo!
5: I love it. Ian Parker, go ahead, kid.
6: I just want to make sure that Marvin Vittori is not in reach of me when I uh, talk about this. They're right not listening. Because, uh, you know, does he listen to the show? I I don't know. But, uh, Kenny, you hit, you hit this on the head. Look, I personally do not even think that Marvin Vittori should be fighting for the title yet. I don't think his last two performances were title worthy. I think it should have been Robert Whitaker. I think we should have seen a Marvin Vittori versus a Derek Brunson or the winner Or the, the, like, whatever. I I just think he needed to do a little bit more because to Kenny's point, there is one path to victory here. Do what Jan Blachowicz did. Just push forward and get Israel on the floor and don't let him up. And if he gets up, bring him back down. You know, I think the difference, too, also is the size. Adesanya, I don't really think, was ready to fight someone as big as Blachowicz. I think he kind of underestimated his power, his wrestling, thought that Blachowicz, you know, was going to strike more. Jan's not a stupid guy and he was smart. He didn't need it to be exciting. He just didn't want to lose to a middleweight and lose his belt. You know, with Vittori, he also doesn't set up his wrestling. It's very telegraphed, you know? And I think for Adesanya with the the team he has and the coach he has, that's probably what they're working on is watch out for that overhand left, you know, and watch out for the outside single because Vittori doesn't really surprise you with that. And, you know, for me, I think this is Israel Adesanya just needs to come into this and not worry about the storyline of the rematch. Both you guys even acknowledge it. Israel has come so far from where that was, what was his first fight in the UFC. Right. And Marvin, I don't really see Oh, second fight. Thank you. I don't really still a big change. I don't see with no, Marvin no. too much of a difference either. You know, we talk about emotional, we talk about maturity, maturity, Kenny a hundred percent, right. Emotional. Yeah. The dude like veins pop out of his neck. If you, if the weather is incorrect, you know, it's like, it's cloudy. No, it's not. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know what? And that's how he is in the cage. I just think that, You know, with Marvin here, it's simple. Get the fight to the ground, but it's not going to be that simple. I don't think he gets finished, though, so I'm going to go out of Sonya by decision here, you know, and I would really like to see if that happens. Robert Whitaker get a true rematch because I think he's the one that deserves it.
5: Yeah. All right, on social media, you can find him at Ian Parker MMA. He will also be part of the Premier Fighters Legion broadcast this week. The PFL returns. <laughs> just kidding. Just joking, man. It's a running joke. It's a running Kenny, joke. Kenny's
6: the face that runs the place. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just the pre-show. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. If a fight ends early, they toss me on. You know, that, that's all that that is, you know. Kenny's the head of the premiere. So that's, you know.
5: <laughs> well, great stuff this week. And uh, obviously the UFC schedule is going to be uh, turning and burning. So we will talk to you uh, in less than seven days, my man. Appreciate the time.
2: See Always.
5: You, Sounds
6: man. great. See you Thursday, Ken.
5: All right, bud. Oh, I just love that you guys are just so professionally aligned. You just can't <laughs> escape each other. All right, we Whoa, have man. more on UFC at two sixty three with our man Joey Osborne. Let's
0: get to the pick to click. Time now for the pick to click. The pick to click. All I have to do is bet on the winner, and I'll never lose.
5: The John
0: Anik and Kenny Florian podcast.
5: Odd Shark is your source for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, and detailed matchup picks with expert in-depth analysis for each game. Their free statistics, numbers, and trends will help you make the sharp picks on game day. Head over to Odd Shark and start playing like a shark today. That's oddshark.com. Don't forget the second S. And now joining us from Odd Shark, of course, sports betting analyst Joe Osborne. It is great to see you. So how have you been hitting them in the NBA and the NHL playoffs, if you don't mind my asking, before we get too
0: deep into this stuff? Um, NBA playoffs are going pretty good. I think I've only made one play in the NHL playoffs so far, and it hit a uh, a bit of a, a chicken chip play. I took Montreal Canadiens plus one and a half goals in game seven against the Leafs, and, of course, like they it. ended up winning the game. So I just wanted a little bit of action, so I went a little bit safer. But NBA is going pretty good, man, uh, playing a little bit of everything, sides totals, uh, every prop imaginable. So yeah. some really good spots. And the thing I like about the playoffs is – Uh, in the NBA especially, is I'm a stat-based handicapper, right? So you can kind of depend on those stats to come through a lot more, whereas in the regular season, motivation is questionable. You can never figure out, you know, are the guys going to actually try their hardest? Maybe a guy's not going to get his full allotment of minutes, but everyone's going full blast in the playoffs. So you can kind of depend on the stats that you're Mm -hmm. using to handicap the games a little bit more. So, so far, so good. Second round, uh, we're into it here tonight, and it looks like uh, it's going to be an awesome ride right on through to the NBA Finals.
5: Yeah, I've been doing pretty well on the ice, riding the Vegas Golden Knights at home on a short price against the Avalanche. But uh, if the New York Yankees lose on Tuesday and Wednesday, like my daughters can forget about state school. There's going to be no college, right? Because now I'm in so deep with the Yankees, having lost three in a row to the Red Sox, right? That if they lose Tuesday and Wednesday in Minnesota, a team they historically destroy, um,
0: yeah. it's going
5: to be a problem. I know my my system gambling is flawed on the baseball front. You
0: know, fade the is. Yankees not go. not not a bad system in uh, their offense is absolutely putrid know, this season, isn't play it? Play and you know, just some pretty bad decisions like the the Giancarlo Stanton uh, trade is blowing up in their face, even though they didn't really give up much to get him. They were basically just taking on his contract. And that guy, you know, you're just waiting for him to injure his pinky toe or get a paper cut, and he'll be up for three months, right? And they have no pitching after Garrett Cole. So, yeah, laundry list of uh, reasons why the Yankees suck, but I'm happy to see it.
5: Yeah. All right, so we got two title fights this weekend. They're similarly priced. Mm
0: -hmm. Davison
5: Figueredo, and Israel Adesanya, both in that minus 250 range. You can get Mm -hmm. about two to one on the underdog payout for Marvin Vittori and Brandon Moreno. I know at this point you've started to look into the round props and everything else. Uh, What do you have for us on the title fights? I guess we'll start with the main event, Adesanya versus Vittori.
0: Yeah, the main event, I guess I'm going to go against the boys because I heard that they're on Adesanya, and I think there's a pretty good case for Vittori here at at plus 200. I like the value on him, and uh, we know what the path to victory is, and we saw that path to victory displayed in the third round of the fight a couple years back. Vittori had a couple takedowns, had almost three minutes Of octagon control, and who knows if that path would have continued if it was a longer fight. It was only a three-round fight, right? But uh, it was swinging in Vittorio's direction a little bit. And maybe a little bit of a pattern here, a small one that might be developing. Blahovich, from the third round on in his fight versus Adesanya, that's where he really started to lay it on with the takedowns and octagon control so maybe something if Vittori can extend the fight he's never been finished by the way so that's kind of why I do like him so I think the longer the fight goes it will go in Vittori's favor I do like that he's coming off a fight where he had 11 takedowns now I know a lot of people might dismiss and say well Kevin Holland his takedown defense stinks but I think that's only going to give Vittori more confidence to kind of get in Adesanya's face make it dirty make him wrestle so I don't mind taking a shot on him here at plus 200 odds. And
5: then as far as the flyweights are concerned, and I mm-hmm. do think there are going to be plenty of, of sharp cappers out there that are aligned with you on Vittori. Uh, but in terms of this flyweight title fight, I, you know, Ken Flo brought up something that I, that I forgot about, which was Davis and Figueredo's health in those hours leading up to that fight. So I think to dismiss that circumstance from your handicapping would be uh, ignorant. Uh, but all of that being said, I think Moreno's got a great chance to win. With that, I'll lay out and hear what you have to say on Figueredo and Moreno
0: take two. Yeah, I'll take Figueredo inside the distance plus 165. I like that quite a bit at plus wow. money. And a lot of it's guessing here, right? Because we know the story of the fight. Uh, it was a three-week gap in between fights for each guy. And now it's a six-month gap. And I think the longer gap is going to favor the champion because as we know, uh, he has that crazy weight cut. And I think maybe he he underestimated Moreno or at the very least was surprised by him in the opening rounds you know he hit him with some wild shots that would have dropped a lesser man but Moreno his uh, toughness was on full display maybe wow. a case for him being one of the top pound for pound tough guys Dude. in uh, in the UFC right now so but my question is can that toughness be displayed in consecutive fights it was almost a perfect fight for Moreno you know he looked fantastic with some of those takedowns so can he do that In consecutive fights versus the guy who I think is one of the top pound-for-pound fighters in the UFC. My guess is no. And I'm going to go with the guy who has an 85% finish rate in his 20 career wins. You know, he came into that fight, four consecutive finishes, three of which took place in the first round. So, i like uh, Figueroa to come in here with maybe a little bit of a better game plan. And uh, be a little bit better prepared and have uh, some uh, more realistic expectations of his his opponent here. And I like him to finish the job here on Saturday.
4: Joe, Nate Diaz um, taking on Leon Edwards. Edwards, a huge favorite here. Is there any kind of bet that you're looking here for this fight?
0: Yeah, so this is a five-round fight, right? Kind of unique and kind of a funny matchmaking, which I'll get to here. but. I think there's a pretty good case for this fight to be finished inside the distance at plus 105 with it being a five round fight. So both of these guys have been decision machines, right? If you look up and down their resumes, but I don't think Nate can last five rounds with a guy who looked pretty sharp and pretty aggressive in his most recent fight versus Bilal Mohammed. You know, I believe he was on his way to finishing that one. Of course, it had the unfortunate ending, but Nate, He hasn't fought for over a year and a half now. And he didn't look good in that BMF fight versus Jorge Masvidal, You know, who was on the wrong end of 112 significant strikes. He was cut open, Dr. Stoppage, which is one thing that you also have to keep in mind for this big five-round fight. And it gets cut open pretty easily here. So there is that possibility that uh, that happens again. Now we have to consider the position that Leon Edwards is in here. And that's why I said maybe unusual matchmaking. But I think this is an incredible showcase spot for Leon Edwards, you know, who's had some really bad luck over the past couple of years with injuries and people pulling out himself needing to pull out. But this is an incredible showcase spot for him versus a big name where if he can have an impressive stoppage victory, that's going to put him directly in line for a title shot. Now, I know a lot of people are saying Colby Covington is the guy. I think Dana White's been on record of saying that, but nothing's official yet. Camaro Usman, he's been on the record saying Colby doesn't deserve it. And he's thrown out a couple different names there. So if Edwards comes out and pits it on Diaz, a pretty big name in the sport and finishes the guy, uh, I could see Camaro Usman campaigning for that fight to take place. So it's a showcase spot for Edwards. So from a matchmaking perspective, maybe that has something to do with why they put it together, but interesting spot for Edwards. I do think he can put it away. And also, uh, Diaz, he surprised us before, right? I don't think he's going to do it, but he could do it here and either yeah. guy can win as long as it gets finished inside the distance plus money plus one Oh five. I don't mind that at all.
5: Yeah. I think that's uh very interesting. And that plus one Oh five, I think is juicy. And of course, because both have been to a lot of decisions, maybe that's why you're getting plus money. But, uh, yeah, I think you have to factor Diaz's history into the equation and, uh, yeah, man, any welterweight surviving 25 minutes with Leon Edwards right now sounds like a tall task, so I don't disagree with a lot of that uh, sentiment. I was actually reading your tweets at JTFOZ while we were on the air. Yes, what time indeed. is this stupid fucking boxing match start on Sunday night? <laughs> I know you didn't cuss, but that was the gist of the tweet. Just fucking uh-huh. gold out of you on social media. On Instagram, it's at Paper Chaser Joe, And uh, as I understand it, you have children back at school today or daycare, so I'm glad that they are out of your hair. Um,
0: yeah, I, I know the two you boys... Were,
5: in deep for a few weeks there my man
0: yeah the two boys are back at daycare for the first time they were home for six weeks i'm up in canada here and where i live there was uh, some lockdowns and you still could send your kids to daycare but it was a situation where they need to wear a mask and uh, a bunch of nonsense yeah. like that so uh yeah it was a very challenging six weeks to have a couple little kids home and trying to do your work at the same yeah. time but the boys are back and uh, sure. much different vibe around the household here today. And for that that boxing match last night, I don't mean to be an asshole when I say this, but I, I literally did fall asleep, guys, during, during the that fight. fight. That? I know people joke about that type of thing. I'm out here on the East Coast, so it was kind of late on a Sunday night. It but is. But I literally did, you know, I saw the guys make their entrances and took forever. For some reason, they do the national anthem right before the main event, of course. And, uh, yeah, I fell asleep and I woke up and I saw them hugging each other. And eventually, you know, Mayweather was uh, given. Right, did he right. get an official win? It was a sparring match, No, no right? judges. So, yeah, yeah. No, no
4: decision. Yeah. yeah. It was an exhibition. So, yeah,
0: kind, kind of crazy. But, yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to uh, Paul versus uh, Woodley. Should be, uh, should be yeah. more interesting than Paul versus Askren, that's for sure
5: it had me thinking about the greatest preseason wins in
0: Patriots history.
5: You know, remember that spring <laughs> training win for the Red Sox years ago, fruit League action. There's some,
0: there, there some spots in NFL preseason. The Baltimore Ravens are money against the spread. I in the yeah, NFL pre- so keep that in mind. That's I'll good. remind you guys of that when we get, get there I in a couple of weeks, right?
5: All right. Odd Sharks, Joe Osborne, <laughs> guys and bets every morning on the website. Great stuff, my man. We'll talk to
0: you in a few weeks. Awesome, sure. guys. Thank you. Good luck to you guys, and good luck to all the listeners out there. Thank
5: you, man. UFC 263. About five sleeps now, folks. Live on pay-per-view. Ken Flo, you got a live event uh, on ESPN2 Thursday night. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes,
4: sir. Right. So well, I'll take good. off tomorrow, and uh, yeah. There you Why go. Where are you week?
5: going? Where are you going? Atlantic back City. Back to, City. Atlantic City uh, so this going Back, to, uh, yeah. back to, weeks, uh, sure. to Atlantic City, New Jersey. Any gambling going on there, or no? Uh, not for me, man. Not I'm good, not, right. I'm not the right. best. He's just or, buying or, Bitcoin or, or. at whatever. Yeah, price exactly. Is, you know? exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right yeah. Not too bad. I, uh, I've been buying the dip here and there and there I still don't have Hell a lot yeah. of money with which to buy, buy the
2: dip. <laughs> <Anna Florian Podcast. laughs>
5: yeah. com is the website. If you would like hats like the one I'm wearing or the Ray Longo t-shirts or anything else, don't text and drive t-shirts are up as well. Not selling as well as the Ray Longo t-shirts, incidentally. Um, also don't forget float tube. Ken Flo's YouTube channel. We're calling it Floatube now. <laughs> Fucking FlowTube is uh, Kenny Florian's YouTube channel. A lot of jujitsu videos, a lot of good stuff. The play-by-play, ignorant play-by-play guys like me should be watching more than we are. <laughs> Don't forget Flo on the PFL Thursday night. And, of course, uh, we'll be with you uh, Friday and Saturday for all the UFC coverage uh, you can handle, bro. Thanks to our guests, Dean Thomas, Ray Longo, Ian Parker, Joe Osborne, the executive producer, the lifeblood of the show is Cody Merrill. With that, Kenflo, I'm John Annex saying, Go Bees. Don't text and drive. Pat Militich, we got to get a cup of coffee, man. As long as you wear a mask.
6: Yo, look. Oh,